0: Welcome to the Rich Bits Podcast. This is episode one. I'm Richard. He's Big Rob. I'm Rob. And we're presented by 511 Media Group. If you're listening on iTunes platform, be sure to hit the subscribe button or hit the follow button if you're listening on Spotify. For those of you listening via YouTube, click the like button. That's how we know we're creating quality content for you. And be sure to hit that subscribe button for all access to future episodes. Today's episode, we're going to talk about musical influences from the 70s through today. Most of our audience is probably grown up in the 70s. Um, Anybody who's alive today is listening to an entirely different generation of music, so we're going to talk about that. And while discussing uh, our opinions are unscripted, I do open each episode with a short monologue with my thoughts on that day's subject to set the tone for our conversation. So let's get into it. Uh, We start listening to music at a young age around the globe music shapes every one of our lives typically we're influenced by our parents choice of music back in the day we'd ride in the back seat of the you know a station wagon or a truck or a car back when seat belts were wedged into the crack of the seat and we didn't even think of using them for safety but our parents would pop in an 8 track or a cassette tape CD and they'd have a captive audience we learned the words to the songs that shaped their world and as we grew older our tastes in music changed we moved past our parents' influences and began to build our own library. From classic rock to country to boy bands to pop to alternative grunge and metal, every, sto- uh, every song told a story. Every lyric resonated within our souls. We can all hear a single note to the beginning of a song and instantly we're transported to a time when that song mattered in our lives. Music isn't just about rhythm and time, it motivates us, it connects us. Two people can hear a song and instantly form a bond, form a connection. A person in love can hear a song and be overcome with emotion or sadness. An artist's voice can connect people's, uh, people miles apart or in each other's arms. Music passed on from generation to generation, those generations coming together in celebration when their, fair, uh, their favorite artists, artists perform live, concert. Millennials standing next to Generation Xers, baby boomers, boomers standing next to Generation Z. One of the great joys of our lives is introducing an artist or a band to a friend or a family member and seeing the connection that they make. The greatest part about music is that it does not matter the genre or artist or band. What matters is that music feeds our minds and our souls, and it is something that every person can relate to. Music's the playlist of our lives. And that was the monologue. So,
1: any thoughts on that? No, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, as someone who grew up in a family born in the early 70s, no one in my family was musical. My parents weren't. Uh, my brother wasn't really. My sisters weren't. I mean, they, they may listen to some music, but they didn't play instruments, and they didn't really, they didn't really think music was important. So, for some reason, it became important to me from an early age. You know, so growing up with certain bands in the '70s. You know, the 70, I was gr- born in '72. I really didn't get into music until probably about 1980 when I was eight years old. But the music of the 70s especially really shaped my my viewpoint of what, what music is. And <clears throat> I got into drums at an early age, first drum set in 1980, and started playing bass and keyboards and went the musician route, which I'm not professional, of course, but um, it's something that has always been important to me. And I grew up in a family with not a great, uh, not a great experience. Let's, let's leave it at that. So music was my escape. Mm. It was my only escape. And so, um, you know, it was, it's, uh, I I think in my perspective, music is probably one of the most important things to me. And even though I want, I love one certain genre of music the most, which is called progressive rock. Um, I actually like all music. I mean, Maybe not country. What don't you like? Maybe not hip-hop. Say, a- Maybe not country and hip-hop, but no. I, my collection, my iTunes collection has over 47,000 songs, I think. No. I mean, a lot. And it's all on my phone right here, too, to listen to at any time. So while other folks might watch sports or watch TV shows, I listen to music just constantly because it's, it's that important to me, and it helps calm me down or gets me riled up or whatever. But um, going back to what I like personally is, is – is, the most is progressive rock. Mm. And I can remember being in my bedroom with my, my, my brother and I shared a bedroom in the seventies and he, you know, he wasn't the best brother in the world, but he would listen to like bands like AC/DC, kiss iron maiden. And now people love those bands. I just, I couldn't connect with that music. I just couldn't. And one day in 1981, I don't know the exact day, but it was, it was summer. So I think summer of 81 I told my brother, I said, you know what? This music is garbage. I, I, I don't like any of this stuff. And he goes, okay, here, I'll put this on. And he played Tom Sawyer on, by Rush on, from the album Moving Pictures. And it just blew me away. I mean, he cranked it, too. And I listened to the entire thing, and I said, this is the band that I'm going to love forever. And I became this insane Rush fan since 1981, so almost 40 years mm-hmm. I've been listening to them. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about Rush, but We will.
0: And, and I think just before we get into more of your story or debating music, um, I want to, I want to go back to a couple of things that you said. You said you started listening to music in the seventies and that influenced you. Yes. Was it through your, your family or was it your friends? How did you get introduced to music for, so for me, it was whatever my dad listened to, whatever my, my mom didn't really listen to music, but my dad was a Real big into things like, and I'm, you know, Bee Gees, Eagles, Boston, Fleetwood Mac, Foreigner. Uh, Journey was a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, started getting into Queen, Steve Miller Band. This is
1: your influences?
0: Chicago. No, these are my dads. Your dads, okay. That's and this is all yeah. I listened to in yeah. the yeah. 70s. Yeah. My, interesting story, my mom grew up in Park Ridge, Illinois, and she uh, had a friend who um knew one of the members of now what is chicago so um, great movie. she and her she and the band member's sister would hang out and her brother james my uncle and this guy would hang out all the time i, I don't have the name of the the, the gentleman in the, in the band but he's a trumpet player um
1: i i can picture him okay i can't think uh, of his balding name. yeah white yeah, yeah.
0: white hair beard yep. uh, goatee um so they would hang out all the time. So they got to know them because they played in the school band and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And then formed this band, Chicago. And like, eh, where is where, it going to go? I don't know. And it's funny because we were in Vegas in February of last year. And we went and saw Chicago with my aunt and uncle. And he was telling me the whole story. Hey, you know, I know that guy. i been in that guy's house when he was yeah. young. And my yeah. mom was like, yeah, I hung out with his sister. And so those were the influences back in you know, in the sixties and seventies that then they listened to and we'd have the big stereo console in our, in our living room with all the records in mm-hmm. the other, you know, so one half was the stereo, one half was all the records. You had all the speakers on the outside of it and they all, you know, listened to all of these bands, Chuck Mangione, oh, yeah. you know, um, Billy Joel. I, re- I still remember my dad getting uh, a Billy Joel record for my grandparents for Christmas. I think it was the coolest thing that he ever got from them, um, 'Cause that was that that to me said, Okay, you're into music, you're a music guy, we need to get you something. Um, so those were my influences growing up. Everything in the seventies. And that still stays with me. I still listen to all of those bands. Yeah. Oh yeah. But my music tastes have changed so much from the seventies to today. It's I, I would say that it's Almost today is is what I listen to today is so different than what I listened to in the 70s and 80s growing up that my music tastes tastes have changed. And then, of course, I have a daughter, she's 21, and her musical tastes have been whatever I've listened to. And then she has her own, of course, but it's always been centered around rock and roll. Whatever that is, whatever you consider rock and roll, somebody else considers rock and roll. Right. Everybody considers it something different. Right. So either country rock and roll to regular rock and roll, progressive rock and roll, um, old time rock and roll, like a Bob Seeger band. Um, but there's a lot of bands that I consider overrated. There's sure. a lot of bands that I consider underrated. Um, I consider, just so for sake of debate and argument. Sure. We're not going to talk about Rush. I left that one out. Specifically, because I know you love. I would say that's borderline. Rush is one of those bands that you either love them, you hate them. Well, I I think it's probably three things you love them, you hate them, or you respect them. And for me, I respect them. It's not a I love them or hate them. Like they don't come on the radio and I go, oh, I gotta change the channel. Right. Although his voice is great. Some people. (laughs) Is fantastic. It is, and then to some people it's nails on a chalkboard. It is, yeah, I know. So I'm kind of the in between. I, I don't mind it. I can do it in short periods, maybe two or three songs, and then I'm like, okay, now I got to change it. But I respect the fact that they've been around forever, and the music that came out of that band just the just the 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 music alone. Talk, don't even talk about the lyrics or the melodies. Just the musical aspect of it. You have to respect all of those different people coming together and putting those music, musical pieces together yeah, to form that band. Three
1: people come, doing all that music. It, it's unbelievable. The, the the intricacies and how, you know, it's not just 4-4 four, four time, time signature. Playing live,
0: Yeah, right? It's one thing to do that in the studio, but then to bring that to the live scenario and bring and that to In your 50s people,
1: and early 60s, before they stopped touring. Well, even, even as young
0: adults, that they were able to do all of that <clears throat> right. and be that talented right. and put that on... Uh, an album and then be able to do it for 30 years of their lives, 40 or 40 years yeah. of their lives in this case. Um, you can't stop me on rush. <laughs> so I'm not even going to get, but I, I wanted to open with that because I know that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's your band. Um, <clears throat> so underrated artists, let's start there. Um, and these are some of the ones that I grew up listening to for the last 40 years. Okay. Duran Duran underrated underrated. And I'll tell you why they have um, Showtime had a special on them a couple weeks ago. They weren't, they they don't have a lot of number one songs. Right, right. Um, they have a number one album, but they really had to struggle to get where they they are. They were huge overseas, and then when they came to the U.S., it really catapulted them into the spotlight. But they are a very underrated band. I don't think people really appreciate them for who they truly are. If you look at their roots and their beginnings, I don't think most people can appreciate where they were, how they struggled, and now Probably where not. they are. Yeah, and they had a and they had a span of time where they were very very popular. You know, they did. Hungry Like the Wolf, they did...
1: Notorious, um, that's a great song. Well,
0: but that came later, Yeah. So they did Wild Boys, and they did all the Bond themes, um, and all of those songs came into play early on in their career. I mean, their one album, and I I can look it up here, but, you know, they had their their first number one album, I think, um, you know, they were like, well, we didn't think this was going to go very far, and it did, let's see, so... Union of the Snake, The Reflex, Wild Boys, um, Hungry Like the Wolf, um, Rio. I think Rio was their first breakout hit.
1: I think it was, but Reflex is one of the great songs ever. It's awesome.
0: Ever. ever. But when you think of great bands, does Duran Duran ever come up?
1: Not top bands. Right. So this is what I'm saying. They're kind of underrated as (laughs)
0: far as they've been around. The longevity of Duran Duran has been around for 40, 50 years, yep. and I don't think they can still get considered as one of the top bands no. ever. Nope. And I think that's why I consider them underrated. New Order. New Order. If again, they had a they had a documentary recently about how they put all of their band together and the struggles that they went through. You either love them or hate them. It's again, it's on one of those bands where people are like, oh, New Order, forget them. But in the eighties, if you grew up in the eighties in your teenage years, New yep. Order was on every oh yeah radio station. Sure was everywhere um genesis oh percent agree on that i'm a huge genesis fan you mentioned the word genesis to people they're like eh, i don't know are you kidding me the, the music that they put out first of all phil collins one of the best vocal performers ever and drummers and ever, writers ever
1: and yeah
0: so he was so multi-talented mike of the mechanics spawned out of yep Genesis, that didn't go very far. He had a couple of number one hits or a couple of hits that people, you know, one hit wonders or whatever. But Well,
1: what's um, interesting about Genesis is a lot of folks don't realize the history of Genesis that Peter Gabriel started off with a band. Phil was on drums. He was in the band for the first seven years. I'm probably getting it wrong. And if you like Genesis, you're either Phil Cowan's Genesis or you're Peter Gabriel Genesis. I'm both. And in fact, there, there's even on the, at the Arcata where I see them every year, there's a tribute band called The Musical Box that just does Peter Gabriel era Genesis, and it's it's a recreation of what they did in the '70s. And they tour. I think they're French Canadian. They tour the world constantly. And Genesis endorsed this band and gave them stage props and and the musical samples. Like so, and and then the guy who does Peter Gabriel looks just like Peter Gabriel from the '70s. So I was watching something on YouTube
0: the other day about Genesis, and they were the first band um, when they came over. Um. From Europe, right? Because yep. that's that's where they started. Yep. Um, they were the first band to do the big sets, the big live sets, the big performance, the lighting, all of that. When they came over right. for Land of Confusion, Invisible Touch, that whole album, um, they came over and, and they redefined what it was to perform in America. So they had the big light show and they had the big sound stage and they had all of that. Nobody really had done that prior to them, the way that they did it. And so they redefined, this guy can sing, this guy can play the drums, this guy can play the guitar, and he did all of that during the live
1: show. The only thing I'll, I'll question you on, though, is is Pink Floyd. I mean, Pink Floyd, The Wall, that was a big production. I mean, maybe not a lot of lights, but the Pink Floyd, 1980, The Wall, that was...
0: But did they travel just like Genesis did? I guess that's, were they as popular here as they were other places? Pink Floyd was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's not even one of the bands that I even have on here is Pink Floyd. And again, it's a love and hate them type thing. Personally, I love Pink Floyd. But if you listen to enough Pink Floyd, it all sounds the same. (laughs) Kind of just like, for me, like Rush. So it's one of those bands that I love to listen to, just not for long periods of time. Um, Because it's a slower process, right? Pink Floyd's not an upbeat, up-tempo. It's very slow, very methodical, very intricate. All the little pieces and parts that come together and it's also very music.
1: deep i mean lyrically and what the songs are about right with roger waters I mean. but
0: think about the people today they don't listen to that stuff they don't they don't think about that they want what's yeah. catchy what's yeah what's being but I, I agree on
1: genesis even though they're as popular as they have been still underrated and what they created
0: the outfield oh yeah right yeah that's the reaction that you get yeah. oh yeah those guys were huge those guys were around i love forever. that
1: guy's voice what's his name lead singer can't
0: think of it, but yeah, his I voice is fantastic. Uh, Depeche Mode wasn't a fan. So in the '90s, Depeche Mode was everywhere, right? Not so much today, right. but I just think they're underrated for what they really did for music in the '90s. Like, if you didn't listen to Depeche Mode in the '90s, I don't think you really had a musical experience because of how they really changed music in the '90s. It it went away from the Boston's and the Journeys, and it started being synth, you know, synthesizers and more of club music, and they weren't quite club music, but they were no. getting towards that electronic era. Well, the er,
1: early 90s was like house music, the early house music in the mm-hmm. early 90s, but also you had the grunge part of it too. So it kind of fractured sure, into yeah. grunge. Pearl, Pearl Hip, Jam, Nirvana, all Grunge, and that. hip-hop, and then the the house music in the early 90s. But so. these guys were, I mean, you couldn't turn on a station and not
0: listen to Enjoy the Silence <clears throat> or Personal right. Jesus. Right, right. Um, True. This one's kind of out of left field. And if you didn't grow up in the 90s, you're going to say, who the hell is that band? But Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh, yeah. So Toad the Wet Sprocket for me is one of those bands where it's kind of indie alternative. But if you listen to the music and you listen to the lyrics, it's, it's a fantastic band. And not a lot of people have. So that's why I think it's underrated. Right. I don't think they got their due. Um, another one in the late 90s is Lifehouse. Lifehouse is one of those bands where... You listen to it, yep, I know who I I know that song, but I don't know the band. Right, right. So you heard it on the radio, and you're like, "Oh, I love that song." Who does that? But they never connected the two, and I think that's maybe why they didn't have the longevity. They're still around. They're still playing. Actually, they're playing this year with uh, Goo Goo Dolls are going on tour. Oh, really? Okay. They just announced it. Um, So uh, we've seen them live. My daughter and I have seen them live. They're fantastic. Um, They they do they do a great job. Um, They were on tour with. Um, Daughtry and I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of who the other band was that we saw them with, um, but they, they what's their biggest hit? Um, I can't think of it. Hanging by a moment, off their first album. Can you, I mean, you sing it for me? I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's one of the things that I don't do is sing. <laughs> me neither. Um, heart. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not a you big their, fan. You but... You hear their songs and you go, I love Barracuda, my I favorite yeah, heart song. I appreciate for
1: Heart for sure.
0: Um, and Erasure. Erasure falls into that Depeche mode. Right, if you listened to Erasure in the '90s, you were like, "Little Respect," love that song. Yeah, who sings it? So that's kind of my thought process for underrated. You can, you love the song, you love the music. Who are they? So if you've got to look them up, to me, that qualifies for being underrated. Overrated artists. Oh boy, you're probably gonna fight me on this. <laughs>
1: Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not a Dylan fan. I, I see why people are, but I. I don't. I don't. I don't even get it. I don't even.
0: Maybe if you listen to the words. But for me, the lyric, the just the voice, is.
1: I, I just can't listen to it. Oh, I compare him to Tom Petty. It's kind of like that. He's not e- even on this list, but he could have been on this list. Oh, Tom I, I'm Petty's I'm not overrated. a huge Tom Petty fan. Overrated um, for sure. I, in I my agree.
0: Opinion. Absolutely yeah. agree. So if, if you have one that I haven't listed here, <laughs> feel free to throw it out because <laughs> um, Cheap
1: Trick. Yes.
0: Overrated. Yes. They have like four songs that you, you know, Flame, you know, um, I, you know I can't even list all of their songs. There's probably a handful that they. But they're from Rockford. You have to love them. Yeah, that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> No, I agree with that one. The Cars,
1: yes, oh yeah. I mean, I could not get through junior high school without hearing Rick Ocasek's voice everywhere, all the time on VH1. Oh, you yeah. come home, you turn to VH1, and God, it's it, it was almost stop. like
0: VH1, the Cars channel.
1: Yeah, and MTV too. I mean, but it was it was VH1, just constant Rick Ocasek and that they voice. They played Aha
0: as much as they played Yes. The cars, oh yeah, right. And those yeah. two those two bands were on constantly because that, they had good videos. That black
1: and white video, right with the sketchy crazy, yeah, yeah uh-huh. it was always
0: on. Um, a lot of people are gonna hate when I say this one, but the Beach Boys. Now, if you grew up in the fifties and sixties, yeah. you're probably like, no, they're not That's underrated your era, yeah, or they're not overrated. But you just listen to the. For me, music has to tra- transcend time. You should be able to listen to it today or back then, and it should still. Resonate, resonate, resonate. You. Yeah, good, good word. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's kind of that bubble gum. Eh, it's happy, whatever. But I don't get the overexposure. That but it's not had. our
1: era, too. You know, it's, it's not. Just like fair th- enough. A, a, someone, your daughter would look at me and say, "1970s." You, you like Genesis, Pink Floyd, like. But crazy. they still play
0: that on the radio today. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and they still play the Beach Boys. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I just I listen to it. I turn the channel. I do too. I just whatever. Um, and by the way, this is my
1: list. This is. <laughs> Who gives a shit? This is my (laughs) list. Um, The Who. Uh, Yes. To some degree. I can appreciate, you know, that music. And there's certain songs I like, but I I don't know if it's on the list, but I I would put Led Zeppelin as one of the, the most overrated bands in history.
0: You might be right about that. And you could also put them on the underrated list, too, because of the fact that they've transcended time and people still listen to them, and they hear the song again. It's one of those bands where you hear the song and you go, "Is that a Zeppelin song, or is that because of the era that it came out of?" You had Blue Oyster Cult, right? Sure. Back in the day, um, and you had the Who, and uh, I'm gonna get my my last one here. You're gonna you're gonna fight me on it. Um, I've got
1: Blondie in there. As overrated. Mm-hmm. I saw her in concert one time. In mm-hmm. fact, Debbie
0: Harry. Debbie Harry. Okay. Yeah. If, if she was. If she wasn't as attractive as she was in the time, would Blondie have been as successful no, as they were? No, that was kind of my criteria. No, but like it was she also, was good to look at. But was the music as good?
1: But it was also the disco era, right? The late seventies, early eighties, when she was most popular, right? Okay, Call so, Me comes on the radio, yeah,
0: about every day on a on a classic rock channel, and you can sing along with it. What other song? Yeah, I can't think. Of right, that. exactly. So <laughs> that was kind of my criteria. Like Blondie's huge, but overrated
1: she opened for um an 87 i saw she opened up for tears for fears and tears for fears was one of my favorite bands I of all them. time love and them. they are underrated they actually just came out with a new album what's that Tears for fears just came out with a new album oh i didn't know that yeah 2020 i just said for 29 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan i didn't i didn't even notice that
0: <laughs> well again maybe that's an underrated band then right yeah because they've continued to produce music and nobody knows about it um, well except for
1: songs in the big chair everyone knows shout unless, Shao, you, unless you live I, in europe
0: yeah Right, Not big in the States. That's the funny thing about music. You can be huge in one area of the world right. and, and not the other. Right. We only know it because we're here in America. right. If you're not big here, we probably haven't heard of you. But in my 49 years, I've started listening to bands out of Germany, Australia, Europe, yeah. Asia, all of those. And they're, they're so different in their music, the quality, the, the lyrics, the melodies. It's all different. And you can appreciate them for who they are. So I've started getting into a lot broader bass music than when I was growing up. It was just, hey, whatever's on the radio. But right. think about it now, you've got iTunes. Before, it was whatever was on the radio was what you listened to. You had no choice.
1: Well, that that's a good segue, because I, I didn't answer your question. You said, how did I get my musical influence? Mm. You said from your dad. That didn't come from my dad or my friends. It came from being in the station wagon, and whatever was playing on the radio at the time mm. is what I remember from the 70s. Fleetwood Mac... Um, Trying to think of other other '70s bands right now off the Abba, top of
0: my head. Abba, Bee Gees, Bob Seger, yeah, Bee Gees for Boston, sure. Boston, Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, Foreigner, Carpenters. Heart Journey, Ozzy. <laughs> You're looking at me like no. Nope. Mm. Uh, Queen, Steve Miller Band, Sticks, Chicago Air, uh, Air Supply, Eddie Money, yeah. Blue
1: Extra Cult, Yellow. I always say people, you know, I don't care where the music come from comes from. You know who's who? Who just won all the Grammys? Billy Eilish. That that seventeen year old girl. That's another
0: one I don't get. And but again, I'm not I'm not 25. Yeah, yeah. I, but if I just looked at her music from a musical standpoint, I don't understand it.
1: She agreed. And maybe she'll come become the next Madonna and have a million hits, or maybe one hit wonder. But I always say, I don't care where the music comes from. If I like it, I like it. I listen to the Carpenters. I was a huge Carpenters fan for my whole life. Mm. I listen to the Bee Gees. I mean, I'll I don't care. It my matter. test
0: is close your eyes. Don't look at how the person's dressed, how they live their life. Right. Just listen to that music. Yeah. And if that music on its face motivates you, if you connect with it on any level, yep. they've done their job. Yep. If you have to look at the person to understand the music, then I don't right. I don't understand it.
1: Right. Um, I've been made fun of for, like, listening to music that others consider, like, cheesy, but... I, I there's an in sync song. They covered Christopher Cross sailing. I love that song. I play it all the time. It's in sync. Like, you know, yeah, it's who like in like sync though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My daughter grew up loving that band. So I've watched every video, every D V D. Yeah. I'm not pretty, by choice, I, right? <laughs>
1: well,
0: it kind of grows on you. I mean, yeah. okay, think about this. What came out of Sync? Justin Timberlake. Justin yeah. Timberlake's probably one of the most creative artists yeah, he's of our awesome. time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I would think Hall of Fame, most likely.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, the guy's talented acting, comedy, writing, music playing, singing, yeah. everything. But again,
0: if you close your eyes and you don't look at the person, you right. listen just to the music, it resonates. Right. Because right. it's talent. You recognize talent. Right. You know, if if you know anything about music, you can recognize the music talent. Um, here's one that I think a lot of people will disagree with. I just, it's not for me. Springsteen.
1: Yeah. He he, I got turned off because my sister, my middle sister, was a huge Springsteen fan, and she'd play play all his albums. And then when Born in the USA blew up on VH1 and MTV, and they played it for years, and it just, and it, I just like, no, not not for me, you know. So it just it the the did I say Born to Run? I'm gonna say Born in the USA. Mm-hmm. That that you know that video where everyone just like, yay yay America. Um, and it just, his voice just doesn't resonate,
0: but. Yeah, I never got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understood the aspect of the VH1 or MTV, playing the videos all the time, the appeal for women. Guys wanted to be him because it was T-shirt, you know, Dago T, whatever, jeans, boots. I got like, that part of it. But if I just listened to the music, there's probably a handful of songs that he did that you listen to it on the radio and you're like, okay, I get it. I under-. But longevity? I don't know. I just I just thought he was overrated. Last one is The Stones. <laughs> I, I, it's probably the band, when it comes on the radio, I turn the channel. Yeah. Because for me, uh, The Rolling Stones, the fact that they're still playing, the same, and I'm going to use the word crappy, 11 songs year after year. Oh, this is our last tour. Nah, it's like, it's not our last tour. We're going to go out on tour. we got to make some money. Um, what are they in their 70s now?
1: Oh, late. Be, yeah. Right?
0: So I just, I never understood it.
1: Is Charlie Watts still
0: alive? I guess maybe it was a, <laughs> I, I guess maybe you had to grow up with it. You do, yeah. And appreciate it. And and they, at the time, they were probably the sexiest band out there. And sure. people really resonated, you know, they resonated, using that word again, um, identified with it, but I, I, I never got it. No. Even from when I was a, a young, I 49 years, I've never appreciated their music. Um, and a lot of people disagree with me, and that's just my own opinion. And it's probably wrong for most people, but I just,
1: it's just one of those I bands, just, I, just, I, don't, I don't get it. I lump them in with The Who, Zeppelin, all yes. those 70s yeah. bands, and, and late 60s too, in the case of the Rolling Stones, that just didn't, for me, have the technical talent that I was looking for. And that's just how my brain's wired, because yeah. progressive music requires you to be extremely talented, either singing at, at, at Here's your- Here's the difference,
0: can anybody play their music, or does it have to be that band? Right, like there are tribute bands out there
1: that are really good, right? Yeah,
0: but there's a lot of bands that can't have tribute. There's right. not a lot of tribute bands for some of the very, very talented. Like a Rush band, you'd have to be very, very talented. Oh, there's do- there's only a handful. Play their music. Yeah, there's only a
1: handful that can that can pull it off.
0: You hear somebody in a festival <laughs> or something trying to do one of their songs, and it's it's, it's terrible. It's awful. You cringe. Yeah. Okay, will we play another song. Okay, guys, good effort, but let's let's play another one. So for me, those are the overrated, underrated. Which ones do you have just off the top of your head?
1: Underrated, one of my favorite bands, probably my second favorite band is Yes. Yes has a long history, very complex music. Again, John Anderson has that high falsetto. It's not falsetto. It's high voice that a lot of folks don't really appreciate. But um, they've written so many wonderful songs. And of course, they're all 10, 12, 14 minutes. And most people don't have the attention span beyond the four or five Mm -hmm. radio minute song. Um, but they're still going strong. You know, they're fractured now. There's two yeses, but, um, it's, they, they they still at their age can play and they can still sing. And they put out over 40 albums, I think, you know, some live, some, you know, greatest hits, but studio albums, it's a lot. I can't tell you how many, but, um, that's a band that's like for me. It's like Rush, number one, yes. Pink Floyd, Genesis, and it goes from there. But you know, it goes back to you know. I, I even listened to one of my favorite bands. It's Hoobastank. I love <laughs> Hoobastank. In fact, they played Sunset Park here five years ago at uh, Ribfest. Is that Sunset Park?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. They're down south now. In yeah, a long yeah, part I think yeah.
1: They um, yeah. They played a Ribfest here five years ago for five bucks, but.
0: Um, so it's just it, the, the. Why do you think people don't identify with yes? I for me, I think it's you look at the band, a bunch of old guys, yeah. right, just playing <laughs> oh, yeah. music. They're old, and but I always look at a a person or a band like that, and they've got what three hundred songs in forty albums. Yep, they probably have three hundred songs. Yep, their playlist is extensive, and to be able to recall all of those songs, like you said, they do five, six, seven, eight-minute songs, and to be able to play every note, and I'm just talking about the live. I'm not talking about in the, in the studio right. when they're recording it, because you, you, know, you can mix all that together. But you're live on stage playing an eight-minute song. That takes talent.
1: Oh, yeah. Or longer. And
0: you've got to remember all of those chords, and then they're playing a 15-song set. Yeah. So they're playing three hours.
1: They're not 30 or 40 years old anymore. When we saw
0: Chicago, <laughs> they had two intermissions. They played for three hours. Oh, wow. I think we, I think the show started at seven and ended at 10 and we had two intermissions in between. You know, you look at a band like that, which I, you know, I can't listen to them hours and hours and hours on end, but the talent in that, in that room was incredible. And the way they put it together, if you ever listen to how they put their, how but how they put their band together. The one, the one station that I listen to a lot of um, cable station is Access TV.
1: Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big
0: Dan Rather fan, but he does the big interview with Dan
1: Rather. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's fantastic. Oh, um, oh yeah. Because of the people that he – like, he had Trisha Yearwood on there the other day, and I didn't, I didn't really understand her her whole story. Um, and now I do. So now I can appreciate – even though I'm not a huge country fan, I can appreciate her and her music a little more because of where she came from. She wasn't – it wasn't her family that got her into that music. She started doing demos in Nashville – um, she then kind of got discovered by somebody who saw her demos and she started playing some of the bar scenes and things like that. And then one thing led to another and there she was, you know, and then she mar- met Garth Brooks and those two together. Fantastic. I yeah. mean, Garth Brooks is probably <clears throat> one of those people would say, oh, he's overrated or oh, he's underrated. But I think he's rated just right where he needs to be. He's, I agree with he's, that. He's yeah. talented.
1: Yeah. I don't listen I, to him, but I, 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 I can appreciate I can that. it. I respect it, right? You can sure. appreciate and respect it.
0: Him as an artist um, and what he did for country music. That's the other thing when you look at an artist, what did they do for the music industry? You know, so we'll go through some of the names here and you know what what uh, what what brings you to mind. But when I watch the uh, the Dan Rather interviews, I mean, he did yes, he did Chicago. He's mm-hmm. done a bunch of those, and you hear their backstory and it's fantastic.
1: Well, there's a way I you're mean, not a big Dan Rather fan. I am. I think he's he's just fantastic and the way he approaches and listens to the artist unlike your typical guy or gal who just you know how, how, how what's your next tour do you like playing the music he, he gets in depth he gets in depth and he got Getty Lee to open up about his parents coming out of the holocaust like I've never seen an interview before and you could tell that Getty wanted to be there they were they were in his own home in Toronto outside Toronto and you could tell that Getty was more than willing to share stuff that he didn't before with just your average interviewer. So yeah. Dan was able to pull that out of him for sure.
0: Yeah, I, Access TV is probably on my on my uh, on my screen more than yeah I than anything to. else. Yeah, um, because they've got a lot of concerts um, in Chicago. WTTW studios hosts a lot of the bands that yeah. come in. They have a yep. big production studio, yep. and a lot of them come in live, and so you see these you know, bands that come in and they do these concerts and it's all in their studio. And it's kind of like a House of Blues, a little bigger than a House of Blues
1: type, right. you know, setting. And the they're just fantastic. Yeah, I've they're seen just... Chicago on that. I've seen Earth, Wind & Fire, yeah. another great, fantastic band I love. You know, one of the one of the
0: artists um, that came out of uh, American Idol, Daughtry, he was on there a number of years ago. And, um, you know, he was he was one of those guys that you just, you look at him lyrically and musically what he does, And you go. He's got a lot of talent. Like him or hate him. Yeah, he come. He came out of a reality show. And He didn't win. He was like number three three or three that season. He should have won, right? And so he didn't. But I think that was the best thing for him. Right. I I don't know if you know the backstory, but um, there's a band called. um, I think it was it was Fuel. I think it was Fuel that contacted him and said we want you to come play with us. And he considered it for the longest time because they had gotten away from their lead singer and and they were pretty big at the time. right? And he was just like, you know what? I don't think I can do it. And it was probably the best decision for him because he. But the hardest
1: too. I mean, think about that. (laughs) Well, you have no money, right? You're just coming off American Idol. You- You didn't win. You're at the height of
0: exposure right (laughs) Right. now. Whatever decision you make is going to be long-term. Right. It could have hurt his career. He decided, I'm going to bet on myself. He did. And he won. Yeah. He was just on The mass Singer. He just he you know that that other reality show. He just he was on there. He didn't win it. I think he came in second. Oh, okay. Again, didn't win it. But he was he was <laughs> Poor the, guy. I think Wayne Brady won it <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um but he was he's and you can he's again, he's one of those guys you can listen to and you hear the voice and you know who it is. Right. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what the guy looks like, the band that you know I've seen Daughtry probably 6 or 7 times live. It's fantastic. He's just it's not the show that he puts on. It's just his, his voice, the lyrics, the melodies. It all comes together. It's fantastic. So, um, you know, and, he, so and he'd
1: never have a chance without no, American Idol. So. No.
0: And some people, you know, bag on it and say, well, yeah. came out of a reality show. Well, that's how people get discovered. I mean, people, people get discovered on YouTube now. Yeah. Right? Justin Bieber, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, got discovered – off of a video, yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, you know, if we didn't have YouTube these days, half the people that are playing music now probably wouldn't be playing music. If you think about that, right? TV yeah. made people because they got vetted and they got signed and all of that, but that was after that whole process. Now anybody can go on YouTube, put their music on there, and they get, get a million uh, likes. Right. And yeah, yeah, and that actually is more powerful now than the radio was back then. Right? There's people that say that the tv replaced the radio you know computer and youtube is replacing tv you know cable and all that it's it's absolutely true if you don't progress and learn and adapt you're going to be a dinosaur right some bands haven't done that and which is why they're no longer around right um so let's go into the 80s a little bit i'm going to name some bands what's the first word that comes to your mind 80s okay Okay. acdc no thanks yeah (laughs) Again, it might be one of those, depending on who you are, underrated, overrated right yeah, it, um that, that
1: I mentioned you, my brother played that nonstop, and I just I, I couldn't connect with that music at all. Billy Ocean. Oh, I love Billy Ocean.
0: Billy Ocean's one not, of my favorite artists. not in the
1: eighties. I wasn't a you know a Caribbean queen, but I saw a video of him singing one of his songs acapella, and he has one of the best voices ever i mean it's it's stunning how good his voice is. He's charismatic,
0: yeah. And so when you watch him play his music, I mean, he did "Loverboy," "Caribbean Queen," suddenly, and then "Romancing the Stone" came out, and the sequel to "Romancing the Stone" came out, and he did when the going gets tough, the tough, the tough get gets going. going. Oh god! And I think that elevated his career to another level because yeah. they thought, okay, he did a, he did a few songs, but then when that when that came out, and he did the title song to the sequel, was fa- I mean, it, they played that on the radio every hour on the hour. Yeah. It was, and I just happen to be a Billy Idol fan, or Billy Idol. Billy, Billy, <laughs> Billy Ocean. Billy Idol, not so much. I
1: think as he got older, his voice got better, I think. Maybe it's just me, but when he sang Suddenly, Acapella, you, you can search it on YouTube from like eight years ago. It's it's amazing. It's mm. absolutely amazing. You
0: know what else I put in that category is Lionel Richie. Yeah. Lionel Richie, if you listen to him, just the pure sound of his voice it's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Agreed. There's one song in particular, um, that if you, if you just sit back, put your headphones on, and listen to his music, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Um, and I can't, I can't find it for whatever reason. I don't even know why he's not on my YouTube or my, uh, my playlist for iTunes. But, um, he just he has that voice that you can just listen to it forever.
1: So, or All Night Long, too. Uh, ah. Dancing on the Ceiling. That was a great video. Uh, Bruce Hornsby. In the Range. Yeah. That.
0: Another band where they get all the music together, and they just play music, and it's fantastic. Forget his voice, which is good on its own. Their music inspired a whole generation of people. In the 80s, you couldn't go anywhere without listening to the way it is. Um, and then they had that whole album
1: was Fantastic. I mean, yeah. that was really their career, right, when that album oh, yeah. came out. Um, Another VH1 classic, you know, the mm-hmm. piano part on the way it is. Underrated band,
0: even though I didn't ma- it didn't make the list, Crowded House. Yeah. Crowded House is one of those where they have songs on their playlist where you listen to them and you go, oh, really like that song. Who, who did that? Um, something So Strong, Don't Dream It's Over. My favorite song by them is World Where You Live. Un- underrated song. Um, check it out. Listen yeah. to it. Uh, Def
1: Leppard. Mm. I-, I can understand why they're, they're so popular and have been, especially in the 80s, but for me, overplayed. Not overrated, just overplayed. That might
0: not be a, 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 a false statement. They're one of my favorite bands. They're probably in my top five. But I saw them live in 91, mm-hmm. and they played in the round. Um, it was their Adrenalized tour. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a better show live than theirs. And when you look at um, their drummer and everything that he went through and has one arm and plays the drums, mm-hmm. you can appreciate this. Oh, right? God, Being yes. a drummer. God, yes. You have to have four limbs to play the drums, right? Everything's moving constantly. And to take one of those away at the height of his career, it wasn't just like, oh, we've got a it's a gimmick, right? oh, we've got this guy with one arm and we're starting a band. They were at the height of their career when right. he had the accident.
1: But they're very lucky, too. The coming of age of electronic drums in the 80s, without that, he could not play it. There's no but way. But he was
0: also one of those um, groundbreaking you know, artists that did that. Right. He, I um, think what he, the fact that he had that accident and the fact that he went to the electronic drum set then laid the ground for everything that came after it. Because before that, if you think about it, it wasn't, was it used? Probably, but not in that fashion. Right. People weren't playing the drums with their feet. They were using it as a bass. Right. Right. Now, they play the drums with their feet. And so that's how it's done. And so I think he was one of those people that if he hadn't had that accident, would it have happened eventually? Probably. Yeah. But I think he just, he, he propelled it. Um, we already talked about Duran Duran, Eurythmics. Annie Lennox, right? Yeah. Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Annie Lennox or is it Eurythmics? Right, that that's always the, she, the she, conversation. Yeah,
1: because she toured on her own and right. recorded albums, on but her it own. was
0: it was it was a two member band yeah. or Annie Lennox, right? Right. right. So, yeah. can you separate the two, or is it just kind of everything? Is she Eurythmics or is is Eurythmics Annie Lennox?
1: Is she still touring?
0: I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Genesis we talked about um Hall and Oates.
1: Yeah, I I'm, I'm a Hall and Oates fan. In fact, I saw them a few years ago. They they did a double tour with um, Tears of Fears and unfortunately, it the the stage presence fell very flat. It seemed like they were bored. But mm. wouldn't you be after all those years Probably. playing the same seven well, songs, you know? And they're old. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's it's funny cuz they played they it was like just a letdown and then Tears of Fears come comes on. It sounds like they're playing, like, f- from 1983. You know? It's just, like, night and day difference. So, it was a little letdown. Huey Lewis. Mm, not a fan.
0: Yeah. Not a fan. It's one of those bands where I like the songs. I don't know if I like the artist. Yeah. Right? Um, I've never seen them live. I know people who have and saw them, and they thought it was fantastic.
1: I've heard that, too. Yeah.
0: Back to the Future, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, come right. on. The guy's pretty versatile. Right. One of the funniest movies and uh, one of the funniest moments in that movie. Um Yeah, you're just yeah, you're just not and he's playing his song. Eh, no, nah, you're just not that good. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um Kenny Loggins.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean I like his songs in the seventies, but what would he do? He did Top Gun, right? Top Gun, I think, yeah. really
0: propelled him into stardom. Yeah. Um
1: the Danger Zone Danger, song, which yeah. really annoyed me, but
0: but if you watch, if you if you listen to Kenny, see the thing I like about Kenny Loggins is you can put again, throw a set of headphones on and listen to Kenny Loggins, and he's got it from rock and roll to, uh, you know, acoustic to, yeah. um, some emotional you know, love songs, um, Meet Me Halfway, Over the Top, remember the movie Over the Top yeah. with Sylvester Stallone, yeah. he did that, I'm um, All Right from Caddyshack, so he's done a lot of movie songs that have made him very popular. Um, I just, I, I really like his voice. I think he's Oh, I do so, too. I oh, yeah, fantastic. he has a great voice. Um, let's talk about Madonna. Madonna's a train wreck, right? Like, I, maybe that's even the wrong word for it. But I mean, if you look at her life, take away the celebrity part of it. Yeah. Her music was fantastic, right? Right. So I'll use an example of an, an actor. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan, huge, like top five.
1: Now you're not a Scientologist like he is, are you? But
0: I separate the person (laughs) from the artist, yeah. right? So I love the movies that he's in. I think he's a fantastic actor. I don't like him as a person just because it doesn't identify with the things that I believe in. And I think it's, I think there's a lot of things that he does that I just look at it and I go, okay, I, I just really don't like that. Yeah. But I can separate those two, right? Madonna's one of those people. I separate the person from the music. And if I separate the person from the, not a lot of of people can do that, right? They go, oh, it's the person. I don't like her because I just like the music. Right. Um, Living on a prayer. I mean, that whole album was, I mean, it it propelled her into, I mean, like a virgin and all that. But, you know, she was one of those that transcended eras versus just kind of a one-hit wonder thing. I mean, when she did Open Your Heart, great song so she's got the immaculate collection she's got stuff recently i don't like her recent stuff but i stuff don't think i've heard recent stuff 90s. i was
1: i was a big fan during the blonde ambition tour that was college for me mm. so i like that Holiday. that era yeah 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 um, well, that was vogue too that was the vogue era wasn't it 1990 yeah.
0: what, what's your feelings on michael jackson it's again separate the person from the music right we saw, we we went, uh, we were in Vegas. We saw the Michael Jackson uh, Cirque du Soleil show. If you don't like Michael Jackson music, you're going to hate the show. Right. Because it was less of the Cirque du Soleil stuff and more of the Michael Jackson experience. And I, I loved it. I, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Not necessarily the person, but the music. Right. He has such a collection of songs that are, to this day, hold up.
1: I still I, rem- I still remember watching on TV when he first did the the moonwalk. Mm-hmm. I forget what show it was. Um, and it might have been American Bandstand. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm, I can't think of it. Whoever's listening probably is like, eh, it's that show. But um, <laughs> idiot. Uh, but uh, you know, the whole thriller album still holds true. I mean, you can still listen to that album and still love it. You know, it's it's classic.
0: The video. I mean, in which the v- one? Thriller for Thriller. Which one? Right? The small
1: one or the 95 well, mi- minute version Vincent, one? Vincent
0: Price, you know, start and <laughs> yeah, finish. Yeah. Um, that video, I think really, sur- it, it, uh, encapsulates MTV. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. Like what was MTV's role in the music industry? Well, just watch Thriller. Yeah. Because back then, that's what everybody tried to emulate then. Yeah. Once that came out, they're like, Oh, I think we can do some artsy stuff and we can put a movie together. Yeah. More of, than just a song. And that's what a lot of videos became then.
1: But what right? he probably wouldn't be as big as he was without Quincy Jones. I mean, Quincy Jones had a lot to do with the production and the sound of, of the album. So he'd still be a big hit, but, you know, Quincy, I think, did a lot for him.
0: I think he was a product of his family. And I don't oh, mean sure. that from a music standpoint. I mean, he put everything into his music because he was escaping from his family. Sure. And so when you do that, and you're saturated in your your craft. I think it helped. I think for him it was an escape. Well, it helped
1: and hurt obviously because well they were they were they were basically forced into this band from a young age because he was the youngest. So when he was like five years old, he was I mean, on they, stage. Did the Jackson
0: tour. Remember with the brothers, they all went yeah. on tour. Oh, yeah. The Victory tour. Yeah. When he set his hair on fire. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> the, Pepsi you know, the Pepsi commercial. Commercial. Yeah. He's been, he's been one of those artists that transcends eras. Of course. So. You know, I don't think underrated, overrated. I think he's rated properly. Agreed. Um, I think a lot of people don't like him because of his personal stuff, but you got to separate that out. When you're listening to the music, you're just listening to the music. You're not necessarily listening to the person. So I've never understood, well, I'm not going to listen to him because allegations, whatever. I listen to it because it's
1: right. fantastic music. Right. Um, well, the, and then you can't talk about Michael Jackson without Prince. I mean, I'm a huge Prince fan, and that, that transcends generations. So Super Bowl just happened. Yeah. Probably – top two Super Bowl halftime shows was
0: Prince yeah. in the rain yeah. in the rain. Yeah. Right. Um, he was so musically talented. It wasn't just his vocals and it wasn't just his stage presence. He played every instrument. There's a, yep. um, there's a documentary on Prince um, out there. I don't know if Showtime did it, HBO. Uh, it was on access TV and they did a two hour. This is Prince and his roots. I think are in, um, rhythm and blues and jazz, if I'm not mistaken. I think his dad was a jazz artist. Yes. His family, yep. his mom and dad were jazz artists. In Purple
1: Rain, yeah. He he played piano.
0: And so he learned to play all of these instruments. Right. And he had the rough road to the top. He bet on himself. So he was one of the first artists to promote and produce his own stuff. And they went flat. And then an artist, uh, a label came in and, and and sponsored him and backed him. And he fell flat again, and then they were like, "Okay, go out, go out and do it again." And he fell flat again, and then I think by his third or fourth album, he finally had a hit song, and so then he garnered more attention. Little so Red,
1: Little Red Corvette, right?
0: Well, that was even later. I'm just talking about his original albums that he came out with. And ah, some of them, he, some of them were more jazzy than they were.
1: He's made so many; it's hard. It's hard to
0: keep, hard are, to yeah. keep track. <laughs> so, if you ever get a chance to w- go out and watch the documentary, I forget what it's called, but it, it just it shows you how Prince is actually a musical artist right. versus a lyrical artist or or anything else. And I think the the sex appeal, how he had stage performance, helped him then get the record labels because they said, well, we're not sure about the music, we're not sure about the lyrics, but he's such a great performer. We have to stay behind him. Yeah. So he's one of those artists that you just you can't overlook when you're talking about the greatest of all time.
1: Agreed. I, Agreed.
0: Yeah. Agree. Um <laughs> one of my favorite bands from the 80s, Mr. Mister. Oh, Now, the the band, not so much, but it falls into those categories of the songs, right? So, they might not have been a great band, per se, but they were a great, uh, they had great Well, The drummer is a,
1: is a very famous drummer. I'm going to butcher his name, Pat Mastolato. I may have butchered it, but he's a great drummer, and he was in Mr. Mister.
0: So, the movie Stakeout came out with Richard Dreyfuss and... Um, Oh, the Sheen brother. Um I've drawn a blank. Martin? No, Charlie Sheen's brother. Charlie Esteves. Oh okay. Emilio Esteves. Take out one of the greatest movies ever. I mean from especially from the eighties. But they did Is It Love. That song to me is probably my top ten of all time songs. I just when that comes on, it makes me happy. I listen to the song. I can sing with it. Yeah. You know, in my car. I crank it up to twenty, you know, and I just it not to eleven it's fantastic <laughs> I I love that song. <laughs> um Pet Shot Boys. Yeah, I I like them. The we talked about Peter Gabriel, all of those kinda of, Peter Gabriel's one of my favorite artists. Oh yeah, he's great. Of all time. Um
1: his solo stuff is just off the charts. Chicago boy, Richard Marks. Wasn't a fan. No? No. That was more
0: nineties, probably yeah. late eighties into the eighties. Yeah, the late eighties. eighties. Yeah. Satisfied. That whole album came out. So you couldn't. Again, you couldn't get away. Hold back it. the night. You couldn't turn <laughs> on the radio without yeah. hearing Richard Marks in the late eighties. Yeah,
1: I wasn't a fan. Starship. Wh- which one? Jefferson Starship. Starship. No, just Jefferson regular airplane? Starship. <laughs> just regular Starship. <laughs> we built this city, Starship. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. One hit wonder. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Just F- folks have thoughts on that because the different iterations of the band, but. We built this city, just annoyed me beyond belief. Wang Chung, is it Dance Hall Days? What's, what's the song?
0: Uh, well, um, Wang Chung. I mean, he, he, they did their everybody Wang Chung tonight. Yeah, you know. And do you know what that was? No, it was the sound of the guitar. So people ask them, "What does that mean? Why did they name it Wang Chung?" It's Wang Chung. Chung okay, which is, you know, when yeah, you down downstroke, <laughs> upstroke. I mean, that's uh, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> Okay, so this is one that people look at because of the person that he was and turned out to be. But I think George Michael and Wham. Are two of, and it's the same, obviously, the same artist in in both cases. But George Michael was probably one of the greatest singers of that era, in the eighties and nineties. Tragic what happened to him. Yeah, but. You know, when you go out on stage and he was as charismatic as he was in the 80s and you did all of the songs that were in his repertoire. I mean, the Faith album, I think, was really, and we talk about the soundtrack of our lives, the Faith album was the soundtrack of my life for much of the 80s. Because I probably listened to that album a thousand times. And then I found out he doesn't like girls. (laughs) And I was like, wow, okay. And then you start thinking about, well, how does that make me, you know, but, and you're a teenager, so you're just like, oh my gosh. But Monkey, for me, I'm going to geek out a little bit here, but the video for that was probably one of the best live videos at that time ever produced just because of how they did it. Again, MTV was huge back then, but... I was really trying to find my way through my teenage years at that point. When all of that came out, I was just getting into girls, and you know, I was just—I was really trying to find my way with music. And he was one of those artists that I just looked at and I was like, "Wow, that's—he's really talented." Yeah, I just, oh, for sure. I'm a person that just—I I like to put my headphones on. I just like to listen to the music of it. I don't pay attention to who the person is. I just love the music part of it, and I can just listen to stuff over and over and over again if it's really good.
1: Yeah, and there's and there's people that listen to music as a background thing, and then there's people who really listen to music as it's what I'm doing. I'm not watching TV, I'm not on my phone, I'm yeah. listening to music. One of the bands <clears throat> overrated. Overrated, I think in the 90s. And
0: they've had longevity, but all their music started to sound the same after about 1995 to 1998 Bon Jovi. Yeah. Like John Bon Jovi Fantastic, right? He's got a great voice, Richie Sambora. Have you ever heard, heard Richie Sambora's music on its, on its own? I don't think so, no. Take a listen. He's had a couple albums. He's got a great voice, but he played second fiddle to John Man Jovi, yeah. and they had a falling out. And I think that was a lot of it was John was getting all of the publicity. Richie was like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm really good too, but I'm playing second fiddle. And I think that's hard in a band when you have two guys that are very, very talented and one's getting
1: all the notoriety. I still remember the day in junior high where a guy I forget his name came into the classroom and said, "Hey, there's a new band out called John uh, called Bon Jovi," and I'm like, "What the hell's Bon Jovi?" Like, Runaway, yeah. yeah, yeah, Runaway. He was brought the CD in. Yeah,
0: my wife will tell you that she saw Bon Jovi live. It was probably it still probably is one of her favorite songs. And you know him, and I get the appeal for women back then. You know, shirtless Bon Jovi singing Runaway, long hair, yeah, probably made all the girls swoon. You know, it probably <laughs> wasn't you know. It was was pretty moist throughout the whole audience. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of the bands that was in the news recently, um, because the lead singer died, 90s Roxette.
1: Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah.
0: So she passed I think she had cancer.
1: Oh, maybe I did hear that. Okay.
0: Roxette was great in the 90s. I loved Roxette. Um, Listen to Your Heart. All of those songs, again, you heard them on the radio all the time. We grew up in an area, an era where it was just if you heard it on the radio, you were forced to listen. Right. We didn't have right. Uh, and I, you know, iPods, iPod, Yeah, We, we didn't iPhones. And then we got into that, and then you could choose what you listened to. Right. So today, I think it's actually tougher for musical artists to succeed and have longevity because you have to, you have to be that band that everybody wants to download and listen to. You didn't have a choice back then. It yeah. was whatever was on the radio was what you were listening to. Yeah. And yeah. then you take your cassette tape and your your other cassette tape, and or you take your cassette recorder and tape <laughs> off the radio, right? And you try to cut out as much as the guy talking up to the post, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was an era where you didn't again, you didn't have choice in music; it was kind of forced upon you. And now you're in an era where you have the choice, and I think it's great for a musical artists because you can get discovered. Not so good for the artist if you're not talented, right? right? So if, if, if you're no good, you're not going to go very far these days. Whereas before, you didn't really have to have talent and you could still make it. Not anymore. Yeah. There's just so yeah. much out there and so much exposure.
1: You know, it's so for people our age, you're 49, I'm 47, and it's like, I'm always looking for the next great band or the next great, even just a, a hit. And it's like, I've, I've noticed over the past 10 years, I've stopped purchasing, or slowed, slowed down on purchasing iTunes music because there's just not a lot out there Maybe I'm not trying hard enough, but what's funny is years ago, maybe five years or four years ago, um, my older son Benny got me into Imagine Dragons, mm. and I would never think, "Oh, I'm, that's my kind of music." But it goes back to my point of I don't care where it comes from, and I'm like, I like this music. And I know it's poppy, but then I start look looking more into the band and and the lead singer Dan Reynolds and his history and what he does for LGBTQ and something that's like this guy's fantastic, and they're writing really good music, and I've gone to a few concerts, and, you know, if someone says, someone that looks like me at 47, you love Imagine Dragons? I, I do. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. love them, and I listen to them all the time, you know? But it goes back to the point of it doesn't matter to me where it comes from. If, if I like it if it's great, I'm going to listen to it. There's a, band, uh,
0: there's a band out there now called Bad Flower. Um, they're a mm-hmm. uh, probably more like a Imagine Dragons where they're, you know, <clears throat> They have a certain following. Yeah. Um, they opened for Shinedown last summer on their tour. Okay, um, My daughter and I went to the concert a few months ago. I was probably the oldest guy in the room.
1: <laughs> I felt the same way. I mean, I felt the same way Imagine Dragons. I mean, there are other there are parents there. Um, but I'm trying to think of what. I was at a concert at uh, All Arena where I literally was the oldest guy by far. I'm trying to think who the band was, but I'll think of it later. But I'm looking around, and I'm like, they're they're all kids in their early 20s. And so I I stood by the sound council to pretend like I was a security guard (laughs) so I wouldn't be too embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is weird. The people who love music love music no matter what. Yeah. Right? You listen
0: to today's music. Look, I'm not a huge rap fan. I'm not a huge hip-hop fan. Um, But I can appreciate the music. And some of the songs, you're like, wow, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I don't understand the whole industry because it's just uh, maybe I'm old, maybe I just don't like that. I mean, everybody has a different taste in music. So, again, I'm more rock. So, I mean, if I went down the list of people that I listen to now, you probably wouldn't know half of them. Sure. But, again, my, my musical tastes change. One of the bands that I listen to a lot now used to be, in, in their previous form, was Creed. So Scott Stapp yep. was the lead singer of Creed. Yep, he had some issues. We'll just call it that um, with drugs, alcohol. Couldn't really get away from that
1: semi-Christian band, or he was. Just yeah, a great I think it was right? one of those crossover bands yeah, where yeah. they
0: started out this way and went. Mm, I think we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go more secular, progressive, right? And so they started doing that crossover thing. And Mark Tremonti is considered by many in the rock industry as one of the greatest guitar players living today. Maybe not ever, but at least living today. If you watch him live, and I've been to four or five Alter Bridge concerts, um, which is the That's new- That's a good band. So Alter yeah. Bridge now came out of Creed. They, yep. they got rid of Scott Stapp. Miles Kennedy, who, Miles um, was on his own, and then he actually plays for Slash. He's the lead singer for Slash Okay, um, on his tour, uh, Slash from Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah. And then- um, he's the lead singer for uh, Alter Bridge. I think he has 7 octaves, maybe 8 in his voice. But if you listen to their music, it's completely different than what Creed did before. Oh, yeah. and, th- and they w- they refused to play any of their songs. Just flat out refuse because they wanted to separate themselves. But Alter Bridge has been around for almost 11 years now. I think they've put out I think I'm longer than the 6th album. Well, cuz I have 3 albums from Alter Bridge. So their their 10th anniversary was couple years ago so maybe it's 12 years now but they 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 come out with an album about every two years so I think they've just done their sixth album okay um I've seen them five or six times I've met them a couple times they're they're really down to earth Mark Tremonti's maybe the one of the nicest person people I've ever met musically he's just just an average guy I mean he if you go to his concerts they do a um, guitar session before every concert in that city and you can pay Kind of like a VIP thing. You can pay, and you go learn how to play the guitar from one of the best in the world. Yeah. yeah. And he just has these sessions. And so he's just down. I, I like the band for their music. I like the band for um, kind of what they stand for. It's not tear down the society, but they'll take societal issues and make songs about them. But it's rock, and it's lighter rock, and it's heavier rock, and um, like not Metallica, which... You either love or hate Metallica, right? right? There's, I don't think there's anything in between. <laughs> or like a lot of Metallica songs. The band itself, I, I mean,
1: I wouldn't go see them live.
0: <laughs> I might. Um, again, Access TV had Metallica playing in, I think it was Rome, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the cathedral, whatever it's called. Um, the Coliseum. It, it might have been Paris, but um, one of those two cities, uh, might have been Paris, and. Was fantastic. I mean, there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. And it was it's I mean, they're really good live. And for me, that's the test. If I'm gonna go see somebody play over and over and over again, they have to be as good live as they are on the album. Right. right? I don't want to go see somebody who is horrible live. It just doesn't work for me. I'm not gonna pay all that money. Shinedown's another one of those bands where Brett Smith is probably to me one of the top five musical male voices in the world. He's just fantastic. Miles Kennedy is another one. Um, so those are some of the guys that I listen to um, now. What are some of the bands you listen to now?
1: Oh, it's still all over the board. I know we spent
0: time in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We completely skipped over the 2000s, but I think a lot of people know the 2000s and, and, and beyond. I mean, A lot of those bands are still playing today, but you know, if you had to say, hey, I, I listen to these guys now, what, what are you listening to?
1: Yeah, it's, well, recently it's been a rush, but... um
0: Imagine Dragons, obviously.
1: Imagine Dragons. Um, A band called Porcupine Tree from England, they they, they don't tour anymore because the lead singer spun off Stephen Wilson, and I, I'm into him big time. This mm. is a guy that has so much talent and songwriting, and his albums are just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The bass player is Nick Beggs. He's the bass player from Kajagugu mm. from the 80s. The one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, but... That, too shy. Yeah, shy. Whatever. I'm not gonna sing it. But yep. but he's a fantastic bass player. Um, the drummer is fantastic. You know, and it, it's it's him. It's, it's Stephen Wilson's band. But he ha- he just plays the same guys over and over and mixes them up a little bit. But his music is hauntingly beautiful. I mean, and he's every album's different. And so he just finished a new one. And he's he's a guy that when I look forward to going to a concert, that's the one I look forward to the most because what's to your point. He's, he's so, um, it's so important for him for the stage sound to be as good as possible. It's, it's, it's amazing performance that he does, you know, when he, when he tours. So he'll be touring next year, but, um, I listened to him quite a bit, but it's, it's all over the board. I'll go back to listen to Carly Simon. I was into Carly Simon Mm -hmm. just uh, last month, just listening to, you know, overrated, underrated Paul Simon. I don't know. Garfunkel be overrated but um he might be where he belongs
0: in their era they were really good yeah but i don't think they transcended era you know generation to generation yeah. i think it was kind of a period piece right yeah. you had to be you yeah. had to grow up in that area to really uh, really appreciate it yeah. i wasn't a huge fan just you know in transparency i wasn't a huge fan uh, i'm just looking at the top 100 songs right now who who people sure. are listening to there's not There's not a ton of bands right now that I would actually go out and see. Um, You know, a a lot of it's country. Are you a country guy?
1: I'm not. I am not at all. Yeah.
0: Neither am I. Um, But if you look on the top 100, there's not a lot of bands from, you know, before 2015. Although Shakira just did the Super Bowl, so her stuff is on there. Um, but she's in her, what, her 40s? Yeah. Um, you know, Pink is on there. She's been around a while. A lot of it's just recent stuff. Um,
1: I'm looking at my, my playlist right now because it, it's jogging my memory. But, you know, one of my favorites is Alanis Morissette. I mean, she, she to me, and I've I've never even seen her live, which is a shame. But she... I just I love her music, not just the jagged little pill album. That's a great album. Oh yeah. A great I, album. There's it's it's one of the best.
0: I mean, if if you're if you're a female and you've ever been dumped by a guy yeah. and you didn't <laughs> listen to a a Mon- Alanis Morris set, you probably haven't lived life, right? You have not. Yeah. Dude, just, her songs were her songs were angst, right? I mean, I'm and I'm and I'm looking at her or collection album right now. I mean, you've got "Hand in My Pocket," you've got "Hands Clean." Um, you ought to know. "Ironic," there. "Ironic" is one of those songs where, if you listen to the words, it was genius. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. F- putting those words together in that song, uh, you know, when he talk when she talks about the guy in the airplane and 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 his lover. And being I uh, that whole that whole little section of the song, um, I, I listen to that song over and over again just because of how good that song actually is. And then you've got crazy head over feet, thank you
1: yeah. um, and she put out acoustic versions that were fantastic as well.
0: yeah uh, I'm just looking at her I'm just looking at the album jagged Little Pill. I mean, a lot of those songs are just yeah. on there. And they're just, they're... It's one of the best albums And then she came out, out with Under, uh, Under Rug Swept in tw- 2002. Yep. Um, which has uh, Hands Clean on it. And that's that's one of the, her best songs. Um,
1: Another band, or not band, but a singer that people would think, like, seriously, you like, you like this person? Is, and I've been a fan since the 90, early 90s, is Seal. I absolutely love Seal. And they'll say... He's got a great voice, though. Oh, of course he does. And they'll be like... That's kind of weird that you would like Seal, you know, because they, they picture the, you know, Kiss Moreau's mm-hmm. from Batman, and that's about it. But it's Crazy is one of those songs, when you
0: hear it on the radio, you can't not listen to it.
1: Crazy is...
0: And by the way, Alanis Morissette covered
1: it. Yeah, oh no, oh no. Um, when someone says, what's your favorite song of all time? Well, I have 10,000 of them. But if I had to pick one, it's crazy. And it's not technically complex, it's just a song to your point. You can listen to it over and over and over and over and over and not get sick of it. You know. He
0: came out with that song, and I think it was it was the timing for him on that song. Yeah, like I don't know if he could have come out with that song now.
1: No, but no, been as popular. It came out in ninety. I, s- I want to say Seal 1. but all his albums. I mean, I I have all his albums, all his acoustic albums. I mean, he's just he's amazing performer. He did, he, he did a, Divi, a a live video in Paris that is just blows me away at how good it was. One of the bands that we haven't <clears> talked <throat> about yet is Matchbox Twenty. Um.
0: I got a chance, to, I would had the privilege, I should say, of, of seeing them live a few years ago, like a couple of years ago. Rob Thomas mm-hmm. is as good live as he is on the, maybe even better. My his, wife loves his him. energy. Loves him. His vocals. Yeah. yeah. He's, them musically, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bands. I think maybe a little underrated because you hear their songs on Agre- the radio and, again, you go, who sings that? Yeah. And you don't know if it's a Rob Thomas song, if it's a Matchbox 20 song. Right. But again, he's, he's made a career for himself outside of Matchbox 20, but that band is fantastic. And all the guys in those bands have gone out and done other projects for themselves as well. Right. So uh, same with Shinedown, Brent Smith, and um, oh, I forget the other guy's name offhand, but um, they have done musical projects off on their own. And so they've they've separated themselves for the, from the band. And that's when you know the guys in the band are really, really good. Right. Um, so I'm going to throw one more at you. Okay. Um, and this this is one of those bands that, okay, so I'm going to describe it, and you think you can tell me who it is. Okay. So it's a rock band. You know every one of their songs. They play them on the radio. They have a huge following, but everybody makes fun of them. Oh, you're Nickelback. a- Nickelback. Yeah right? Yeah. So I've seen them six times now. If you haven't seen them live, you can't appreciate them as a band. They play as, as well live as they do on their album, maybe even a little better. And their stage presence, the show that they put on, the performance that they put on is fantastic. So it's one of those bands where, yeah, everybody secretly likes them, and they won't tell you.
1: Sure. Like but why, what, how did that start that they started making fun of? And because
0: I think they're everywhere. Right. Oh, okay. I think they're, they're so maybe overplayed like a Def leopard. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, how you remind me came out, right? I remember where I was when that came out. I, I gotta, I gotta look and see when that actually came out. I think it was 2001. I think it was right around nine 11, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I was in Naples, Florida. I was traveling for business. And I heard that song on the radio when I got in the rental car for the first time. And I said to myself, wow, I got to listen to that song more. And on my way to the hotel room, I drove to the Target. That was when you had CDs. <laughs> right. Bought the CD. I took it to my hotel room. And I before I did anything that day, I don't think I had an appointment till later that day. I probably listened to it three times. And from that day forward, I was a certified... Crazy Nickelback fan. And you're proud of it? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. (laughs) I don't shy away from it. And it's funny, my wife's not a huge music person. She likes who she likes. Yeah. I took her to her first Nickelback concert two years ago. Three years ago? Three years ago. She's seen them three times. Loves them. We saw them at Ravinia last year. We saw them in Vegas. And we saw them in Chicago uh, the year before that. So we've seen them three years consecutive. And we're going again this summer. It's one of those bands that she just loves and so they're so good live, you can't not go see them. And anybody we've brought with us to go see them has absolutely loved them. Well, that's why so, they're
1: still around. That's why they're still touring.
0: They're so good. Yeah. And, Ch- and, and, and Chad Kroger is one of those guys, the lead singer. He's, he's one of those guys. He's really good friends with Sammy Hagar. So, again, on Access TV, I've seen the whole Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. He does the road trip thing, and he did uh, a special version with Chad Kroger. And if you just listen to his story and the things that he's gone through, and they're a Canadian band, so they don't, you know, they don't live here. Um, they're they just have a great backstory, and they're so musically talented. And I, a lot a lot of people bag on them, and I right. I, don't, I don't get it, but you know, teach their own. Um, so, what band have you not heard us talk about today that you might want to just touch on before? Uh, There's
1: a thousand, uh, but uh, Beatles.
0: I'm not a Beatles fan I not took them off I took him off my underrated overrated list because I think people would get mad at I mean, they, they, it it sparks anger in some people when you say the Beatles aren't like you don't what do you mean you don't like them My brother is probably the biggest Beatles fan in the world, and i just i don't i I can appreciate their music. I know their music sing along with it whatever sure. I'm just not a fan I, I just I just I'm not it's one of those things it's kind of like kind of like Bob Dylan yeah. you can appreciate. The, and everything that the Beatles did for music in America, I was not a fan. You I'm not a big
1: I'm not a big fan. I wouldn't say I'm a Beatles diehard fan. But you like the Beatles. I do, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: So let's wrap up. Give me two minutes mm-hmm. on Neil Perth. I know Rush is a huge part of your life. I know that over the last couple of months, it's been um, difficult, maybe the last month or so, I guess, yeah. uh, been difficult for you. Um, personally, just because you are so, and being a drummer, you're so, and it's probably one of the reasons you got into drumming, you said, right? No, oh, absolutely. Um, so just give me, give me a couple minutes on, on what it meant to you.
1: Yeah. So this, it's interesting because Neil Peart, um, the drummer for Rush, there's three guys, Giddy Lee, Alex Lifeson, Neil Peart. He passed away from three year battle of cancer, brain cancer. No one outside his close circle knew about it, had no clue. Um he lost his daughter Selena in a car crash many years ago. Nine months later, his first wife died of cancer. So he left behind a, a young a new wife, younger wife, and a and Olivia is probably eleven, twelve years old. I'm not sure. But you know, when, when people talk about cult bands, right, when you talk about Rush, Rush is the cult band's cult band. And it's it's um it's hard to understand when you're not a fan, like you're not, right? So, but when you talk to Rush fans, there's lots of cult bands, but like I said, Rush is the epitome of a cult band. You are you are in for the long haul. You'll you'll never stop listening. You'll never turn away from them. Um, I, I I tell people I knew these three guys. Never met them. knew the I knew I know I knew these three guys better than I know family members. <laughs> like like that's how much you know you you spend your time watching videos and watching interviews. And but isn't anything. that the
0: true definition of fan, being a fan, fandom? Oh, right? yeah. Fanatic. Yeah. Isn't that what fanatic. it's short for? Oh, it's yeah. It's fanatic, and you probably are fanatic about Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so you know, I haven't been on this planet without Getty, Alex, and Neil on it, too. And then when mm. he died on the 7th, and then we found out on the 11th, was a Friday, 3.30, I had to stop working. And I posted on Facebook quite a bit, and I got some – Pushback from non-musicians, non-drummers, non-Rush fans. Like, dude, you didn't even know the guy. Calm down. It's like I had to stop doing that and go to my core friends from high school. We we were we're all drummers. We're all marching band and bands. We all loved Rush. One guy's a psychiatrist, (laughs) so he helped me out. And they're saying to to me, "This is devastating." They they were crying. Mm -hmm. You know, you go into Rush forums. There's there's guys my age that are. Pouring out their emotions. Was he as
0: big in the, in music as Kobe was? Let's say in the basketball world or in the sports world, because they they passed away within a month of each other, right? yeah, a month and a half of each other, yeah. And I saw online, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and 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 just in the news, the reaction to both of their <coughs> de- both of their deaths were very similar. the The visceral reaction, yeah, to that person passing away was just as equally hard on the fan base on the music side and on the sports side. So would you say that to, in the music world, he was probably an equal to that type
1: of passing? I don't, uh, not in the full spectrum of the music world, within the rush, rush progressive musician world. Yes. But if you, if you blow it out to just the casual listeners that aren't musicians, not really. Okay. Not really. Um, and obviously Kobe was well more, more known than Neil Peart ever would be. So, but it's just—it's amazing how you can not know somebody, never meet them, but yet you stay. You had that same. But isn't response. that true of the
0: sports world too? There's a lot of people that never met him either. Never oh, sure. Met Kobe, never met. There's a lot of people that passed away. You never met them. Correct. but You feel a connection to them because they were in your ears. They were in your head. They were. On yeah. Your eyes sure. were on them sure. all the time. You lived and breathed that team. That band that whatever it is and so as long
1: as the lakers were your team and he was your guy mm-hmm. and you knew everything about him and you were a true fan Did like you grew up in the, was, he, in the area yeah. where in the era where
0: he was playing i get it for some it was michael jordan for some yeah. it's lebron for some it's kobe yeah. in the music world some people pass away and you're like oh my god i can't believe that guy passed away right because you listened to that person for 30 yeah. 40 years that's yeah. it's again music's the playlist of our lives right it was it's been in your playlist in your head 40, 40 years. Almost 40
1: years, yeah. Right.
0: So you had a visceral reaction to it because it's ingrained in who – it's a part of who you are. Right. So I, I, I just wanted you to spend a couple minutes just kind of, you know, being able to to talk about that because I know that it was very, very important
1: to you. Thank you. If, if, if Billy Joel dies, I'll be sad, but there's, there's, there's not that connection I have right. with these three guys. And talk to any diehard Rush fans, and they'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. So – this Call us fun. weird. This is fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll um, we'll do it again soon. But yeah. um, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Big Rob. This has been the Rich Bits. Appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you tune in for the next episode. We're out for now.